0: You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, Pastor Josh began our series in Philippians. While we looked at chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, Josh used Acts chapter 16 and Romans 1 to provide some valuable context for the book of Philippians. Today, our conversation centers largely around the Acts passage as we look at the early converts who became the first members, if you will, of the church in Philippi. These were three people of different means and backgrounds. One was a wealthy woman named Lydia, another, a demon possessed girl, and the third, a Roman jailer. Today, we're asking questions like What can we glean from this passage about spiritual warfare or leading our families to Christ and the importance of both genders within the body of Christ? All of this and more today on After the Message. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Hey. Woo-hoo! Hey, hey Mike. morning, Mike. Yeah, it's a good day. It's it a is, good day. It actually is a great it is a good day. day. It's beautiful. It's it not super cooler hot or muggy. Yeah. It has been. How about the I'm weather sure. all weekend? I mean, this has been, I tell you it's what.
1: Great fall.
0: We, we were out. Uh, Fall, 94 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting. I'm counting. We were out on Saturday and, and ate lunch somewhere and sat outside yeah. on the patio. Mm. And it was. And did not sweat profusely. You didn't no, sweat a you like, there was no humidity. There was actually almost a cool a breeze. breeze. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was yeah. really yeah. nice. Where were you? Yeah, so, no, I don't want to go. I was at Nukes.
1: Okay. I yeah. thought you were going to say Twisted Turnip.
0: I do uh, like no, but turnip. I do like
2: the Twisted uh, Turnip.
1: I like to. Put that in every conversation I can, this this right. Right. yeah, love it. Love
2: yeah, it. the Bowmans were. Oh, you're the Bowmans, and I'm then the know. Bowmans who I want from to, meet our my I yeah. to meet my cousins. I gotta meet my cousins. See if you get that family discount.
1: I know, and you can sit outside there. That's why I thought, uh,
2: Are you related? <sighs>
0: gotta be.
1: If it gets me a discount, yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh, that's
0: funny. That's funny. Well, uh, so glad, uh, for, for those who are listening today, I uh, just want to uh, introduce those who are in the room so you know who we're talking to, and uh, so. We got Sean Selman. Hello, Sean. Hey, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Josh Brady. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I like that. Go ahead. <laughs> we, so got we got Bane. We got uh, Preston Bane. Crow. <laughs> New nickname.
1: Preston. Preston,
0: Preston and then uh, Beth Bowman. Yay! Is Yay. with us today. Yay!
1: My second oh. podcast.
0: There you go. It is your second podcast, but so he's welcome. Thank you. That's right, and uh, and Thank then you. Chase Hammack is our
1: Woo! producer. Oh,
0: Chase. So uh, good to have everybody in the room today. It's going to be a going to be a good discussion. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, um, so Sunday we we started uh, a new series in the Book of Philippians, and uh, I got to be honest, Josh, when I saw your text, and it was Philippians. Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. One and two. I thought, mm-hmm. what in the world is he going to do with this? <laughs> so um, so I was, you know, when you went back to uh, to a couple other places in Scripture and kind of set up some context mm-hmm. in Acts and then Romans and, and stuff, it, it was really, really helpful. It was helpful. Good. And I actually Great. walked away from from the message thinking, wow, that was really good. Like, I mm-hmm. I, I you know, thanks that for I doubting actually,
1: me. <laughs> <He actually laughs> thought that? Well, you know, than he thought it was, was way be. better That's than fine. I thought it was
0: going <laughs> to be. It's not so much that I doubted you as much as I thought I just didn't know where you were going to go with those two verses. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's the beauty of scripture, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes. all tied together, mm-hmm. um, but you know, so it was it was great. And I again, I think we talk about this a lot, uh, or at least I do. I think the uh, you know, that kind of context to set up the book and really to understand like what, you know, what was going on before that, what led to it and Mm -hmm. and kind of what mindset were they in, Mm -hmm. uh, when it was written is really, really helpful for just, uh, I think understanding and Mm -hmm. interpreting everything after that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so, (laughs) so what, you know, you were preparing that and you were looking Mm -hmm. at those two verses, like where, how'd you, how'd you get to those places?
2: Yeah. Well, so. If you read Acts, right, so so you get you get all of all the missionary journeys realistically through Acts. Like you you kind of get a, a different vantage point because Paul's gonna write the New Testament letters primarily, um, but in Acts, you get Luke, and he is going to be pretty meticulous in his writing. He's a medical doctor. He writes his gospel. He comes back and he writes Acts, and so you get a different vantage point, and sometimes you're going to get uh, a front row seat to the beginning of these churches, and, and typically these churches are never born out of a church planting scheme, mm-hmm. right? So so they didn't go to seminary and, and do a planning group together and wait a year until oh, they yeah. had their finances. Oh, yeah. right. Usually it comes out of persecution. Usually it comes out of some kind of of some bad thing that has happened mm-hmm. that God has redeemed for good and the church absolutely explodes because mm. of it. Mm. Uh, and we see that time and time again in Acts. Mm. And, uh, and so this, this church is no different. What I, I think is beautifully unique about Philippians is it's known as the happy letter um, but it's born out of really two jail sentences for the mm-hmm. Apostle Paul, oh, yeah. right? So the, the first one, he, he gets in jail, uh, and then then as he's writing the letter, he's back in jail, and, and we'll get to it. But as, as you read through the letter, it's almost like he is anticipating God doing something miraculous again while he's in jail. Like, to give you a little foretaste, like, there's that moment, because he's in a Roman jail, Sentenced potentially, uh, potentially to die, and and so he has this wrestling like if I should die, then then that's Christ. Mm-hmm. But but if I should should live, then then that's going to be Christ. Mm. And so which, which one I don't know what to choose. And mm-hmm. then he says, all right, then I'm confident I'm going to stay here because I know it's going to help to advance the gospel. Mm-hmm. He's still in jail, mm-hmm. and and so he is just banking. I saw this ten years ago. I got confidence now. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. picture. Wow. Oh, yeah. So when you have that context, you can almost feel the anticipation as he's writing this letter saying, guys, Mm. this isn't it. This isn't the end of the story. Yeah, Let's go.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think, yeah. And it's, I mean, you said that as we watch this church, kind of the the birth of this this church here in Philippians, um, you know, it really doesn't follow any sort of, you know, present day church planting strategy, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got... You've got these these three people who who you know we referenced on Sunday, uh, who were the the very first uh, of of the church in Philippi, and they were it was sort of random, right? You know, in, in our estimation, in I that, think yeah. they're random. In God's sovereignty,
2: I think they're absolutely beautifully perfect. Right. But even before you get there, there's almost this because re- if you look at it on the map, he starts in Antioch, mm-hmm. and by the time he gets to Philippi. He has done a very long nomadic adventure without knowing where he's going to land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he just keeps going, and God's like, nope, don't go there. Don't nope, go around there. Asia. Yep. All right, we're, we're up at the end of the sea. Where, where else do I go, right. God? Like, Asia's to the south. I mm-hmm. can't go back east. What do I do? Gets a, a, a dream. All right, go, go to Macedonia. Fantastic. Let's go across this body of water. And then he gets there, and all of a sudden, God mm-hmm. plants this church and, and makes it grow. and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's unbelievable. It's yep. so good.
0: Yeah, so all right, so we've got you know we've got Lydia who was this wealthy woman she she was the first convert there and then and then we had the, the slave girl who uh, who you know this demon is cast out uh, and then you've got the jailer who who you know came to know uh, came to salvation in faith uh, so. Let's talk about though for a moment because one of the one of the questions that came up I think it was uh, maybe Neil Marsh that brought this up who's not with us today but um, you know we, we saw this uh, this girl who who the demon you know uh, gets cast out of her like so here's the question is that are we to take that as an automatic um, sort of indication of her salvation um and uh, so that's that's part one of the question part two of the question is. How do we understand, or how should we understand, spiritual warfare and demon possession, like present day? So, wow. Two, two questions. Wow. Great questions. Right. Leave it to Neil Marsh to ask
2: those questions and to and walk out of the podcast. Out. Yeah. So right. we're, we're very. Right He's <laughs> like, I think, he,
1: I think right.
0: he said, "Good luck, guys." As he walked yeah, out. So. Good luck. Yeah. So, it,
2: all right. Number one, I think is is harder to answer than the second one. Weirdly, um, so so it, does it. Because she was delivered from a demon, does that automatically mean that she became a Christ follower? Uh, I don't know if that is, is necessarily the case. I, I know there was this idea of she was possessed by something mm-hmm. and then that demon is expelled and in and, and theory, and, and if, we, if we read New Testament, right? So here's, here's how I would land on it. It may be a little bit of gymnastic here, so, so hang on with me. And this is Josh's uh-huh. mindset in this, okay? Whenever we read the New Testament Gospels, we, we can see that there are times that if a demon is expelled, but the house is not filled with something, those demons come back. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you are, you, you are going to be possessed by something, right? And so, and this is kind of a strange way for us in a Baptist world to think about this. Um, but as, as believers, you are possessed by the Holy Spirit. It, it, you, you, you are indwelt with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, right? Mm-hmm. And so for us... To to understand this, at least with understanding the context of the the Gospels, when this demon is cast out, if she is not then filled with the Spirit of God, then those demons come back. And so that that would be my assumption. Now, again, Mm -hmm. I know that's a little bit gymnastics. It doesn't say – in the same way that it did with the jailer, it doesn't say in the same way it did with Lydia okay. that she came to faith and that she and her whole family were saved. Uh, but it did say the demons were gone and the, the gain that was available to those men who were her handlers was it's over. Lost. Yeah, And so yeah. it wasn't like it was delayed. It wasn't like it was going to come back later. And so the assumption, again, assumptions, uh, is that that demon was gone. Therefore, she was then held by the spirit. Yeah. The second
0: one, Say the question again. Okay, second question. How are we to understand spiritual warfare and demon possession like in, in the present day? Yeah, so I, I'll just give the, the high-level view, and I'll let you guys fight it out. Are you ready? So
2: I think the way that we understand any kind of demonic activity is going to be through the lens of Scripture, right? So that's the only way we understand anything, right? And and for me, it's got to be Ephesians 6. Like, like there is a battle going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's right. In this world there there are things that we can see and then there are other things that we can't see. And the things that we can't see doesn't mean that they're not real and they're not around us and there's not a battle warring around us. Okay. And so so for that I, I believe that there is spiritual warfare around us every single day. Mm. I believe that it is not just at church when we're trying to be, uh, quote unquote, uh, doing our, our Christian duty to come to church and go to worship. I believe it's when you are at your home, when you were sitting in your chair by yourself, when you're driving in your car, when you're at the grocery, like like there is a battle over, honestly, your soul and your mind every Absolutely. single day. Mm. Um, and, and I believe that it is to be fought in the same way that Ephesians 6 tells mm-hmm. us. That, that would be my view.
3: Mm-hmm. What would you all say?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, Great. right.
3: So, uh, in going along the same lines there, um, so if you've never read uh, John Mark Comer's book, uh, Live, "Live No Lies," I mm-hmm. believe us, mm-hmm. he describes in there this whole idea of the battle for the mind. Mm-hmm. Like so, so if we think of, about the the enemies we have, it's the flesh, the flesh, the devil, the world, right? Right. And, and so, in that, I think part of it is a battle where if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter three, such a foundational passage, mm-hmm. we, we find ourselves going back to that. One of the things that, that Satan does in that moment was to twist the truth. And mm-hmm. so, so if, if we think along those lines is the twisting of truth. Now I would, I would go a step further in saying that in today, especially if you go into other cultures, like if you get outside of the United States, um, you, you're going to, you're going to encounter really cultures that believe that spiritual warfare is much more real than we typically give credit, right? right? They recognize. And, and I think my assessment would be scripture, scripture says it's real. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I think across the world, we probably move to two extremes, right? There's um, and Preston, you might can speak to this. I think there's some, there's some things that we might, in a Western culture may explain away through mm-hmm. medical terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that there aren't. And oh, I, think, right. I think you may move to another culture and they're going to explain away medical things on spiritual terms. That's like it's, right, it's yeah. two extremes. Mm-hmm. And I believe the truth is somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think recognizing that it is, according to the scripture, real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, all that. Instead of dwelling on, okay, well, how do I determine that? Let's just be people carrying the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because here you see Paul, he casts out a demon, but he does so through the name of Jesus. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so to me, it, no matter what we think or how we think about it, it should elevate the need to us to be a people that proclaim the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Um, hmm. I don't absolutely. have it all figured out, but
1: absolutely. Um, and just speaking to the practical aspect of this, in Ephesians six yep. is where you were, yeah, mm-hmm. in chapter ten. And um, when it talks about our struggle not being just flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, it starts out in that passage, put on the full armor of God. Then it talks about how we do have that struggle, and then comes back to talk about the armor of God, and concludes that whole segment right there with pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests Mm -hmm. so just from the practical aspect if that's something someone is struggling with or looking at Mm
3: -hmm. um, regardless
1: Mm. of where you're going to land in that camp you can stop Mm -hmm. and and pray. That's right. Right. <laughs> That's right. Just not to simplify the issue, because it's a very complicated right. issue, but to uh, simplify the practical aspect mm-hmm. of the next step that they can uh, do. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: This yeah. is fun. We didn't talk about this in our in our pre-show game planning, but in my mind, and I, I don't know why it's like this. Maybe we watch too many superhero movies, mm-hmm. and we we or we view ourselves as the lead uh, in in any any characterization of of life. And so when we look at the armor of God, like we were like, yeah, give me give me the sword of truth. I want to go and I want to yeah. slay that demon. I want to yeah. go yeah. and mm-hmm. and take him out. But Paul says your your defense is to pray. pray. Mm-hmm. That's Prayer. what you should do. Yeah. And if you and truly like there will be people who who experience strange things, unexplainable mm-hmm. things, things mm-hmm. That, that if they go to the doctor, the doctor can't mm-hmm. explain. Mm-hmm. If they go to the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist mm-hmm. can't explain, their friends can't explain. And they come to us and they're like, mm-hmm. I Yeah. Can't, what do I, I can't I can't explain this? with what I'm mm-hmm. what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing. And so sometimes they're like, well, what do I do? Like, do I go and uh, do I anoint with, right. with holy yeah. oil? Do yeah. I walk through with incense? Do I? We pray. pray. We pray. pray. You mm-hmm. you go and you pray to the Father who, mm-hmm. and, and then and when, when God shows when His presence shows up, it darkness cannot stand it mm-hmm. and it runs and it flees mm-hmm. and that's what we do. And so thank you for yeah, bringing that up. No, mm-hmm. Glad
1: yeah. to. Glad to.
0: All right, so Josh, you mentioned something that you 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 didn't really go down this rabbit trail, uh, uh, in your message. I but <laughs> there is, a, you know, when we read this passage, um, you know, we see that uh, Paul cast out that demon. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the demon possessed uh, girl. Uh, Paul cast out that demon in frustration, like he was, you know, he he finally just became exasperated and so <laughs> right annoyed, that, you know, annoyed. annoyed. That's right, yeah. Right? And so, you know, you you were talking about. I think before we started recording, there's there's a whole train of thought and a, and a school of thought that you know. Would say, "Hey, that was that was problematic, and probably what led to you know all these other things that happened in his C- certainly could right." So, what I'm about to say, I-, I want you to
2: understand. There's a reason I did not preach it to our entire church on Sunday morning, <laughs> and I want to give the disclaimer as we're talking about on the podcast this morning that uh, it-, it could be a thing, but it is completely conjecture uh, from from some people, not not just one, but through through generations of people thinking through this verse, right? So. When we get to, to Lydia, like there's this beautiful blessing of God because he comes and he is faithful. He goes down to the river. She's praying with the other ladies and they come to faith and it's great. They, they have means and ways and it's good. And then there's this moment where they're walking around and, and this demon-possessed girl is for days on end saying, really? She, she? – in my opinion would be saying something good she's promoting mm, right. them. she's promoting right. them like, right. like she's their hype man at yeah. this moment right <laughs> like they're preaching the gospel she's like i don't know if it's in a weird voice. <laughs> yeah it, it just reads a little bit strange and i know yeah. luke luke is writing that but um there there's this idea because luke again this isn't paul's letter luke is writing this and he's meticulous in all of his writing right gospel in this one and he makes it a point to say that he was annoyed and then cast her out. It wasn't that he was compelled by God to cast her out. It wasn't <laughs> that the plan was to cast it out. Mm. That in in his annoyance, like he took it upon himself to, to use. some Somehow, Paul, I believe this is where we get into the gift of apostleship. And, and that's why, again, I would say that that gift has ceased. Like, mm. I don't believe that there are apostles walking among us today. Um, but I believe Paul had a certain gifting that we don't carry with us. And he had the ability to look at that demon and cast it out of her immediately, and he did But he did it in his own mind. Now, again, conjecture. Immediately, these other guys see that as an offense, and then they work up the crowd, and the whole crowd turns against them. They rip off their clothes. They beat them to the point of death, throw them in jail, and lock them down. Right. So some people would say that was not God's plan for them. Um, God's plan was for them to, to continue to do what they were doing with the, the blessing that they had with mm-hmm. Lydia, but God in his grace mm. takes Paul's misstep potentially. Mm. And so they're locked down in prison, but he and Silas are being faithful, even in the stocks mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden an earthquake comes and, and God uses his mistake, quote unquote mistake, for his glory and completely mm. redeems Paul and Silas and saves the jailer and all of his family. And so there's and a thought also, there, conjecture. There's a reason mm-hmm. I didn't preach it on, on mm-hmm. yesterday in front of the whole mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. But that is a thought that goes, but it does preach. And it, mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. is a beautiful thought that when we're faithful, God blesses. Mm-hmm. And when we're unfaithful, God is the giver of all good things. Mm-hmm. And he is going to take care of his people and his plan is going to advance. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. can trust it either way.
1: Always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always, even when we make mistakes. I'm not saying you said that he made a mistake, but I'm just uh, that's saying. That's exactly it. right. But she did this for many days, y'all.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: Well, She and was shouting. And it begs yeah. the question for me. Like, you I'm know.
1: annoyed by anybody <laughs> following <laughs> around yeah. shouting No matter what you're shouting. I mean, if they were saying, Beth is so beautiful. They did that several days. I would be annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: with the girl. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm with Paul. And I don't. I, we certainly don't need to belabor this topic because I, I think it is a rabbit hole. But, um, but you know, in my mind, I would think you know, like, why would, why would you need, like, when you encounter, a demon or evil like that, why do you, it, like, why would it not be God, God's will for you to address that, right? And so immediately, you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's you know, whether he was frustrated when he did it or not. Like, was that an act of disobedience? Mm -hmm. Like, that Mm -hmm. would be hard for me to get my head around that. But, um, well, it's a strange thing. And again, this is a big, big rabbit
2: hole. So you can go, you could go back to the gospels and look at the life of Jesus. Mm. You, you have Christ who walks around, and there are a lot of people that no doubt he saw with Mm -hmm. affliction. Mm -hmm. Some he did not heal, heal. many many he did not heal, right? Right. But many of those who came to him, he did. And many of those who touched his garment, like, he Mm -hmm. knew that there were people who needed to be healed. So, in, in theory it is not God's will yeah. that everybody would receive physical earthly healing yeah. that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for it right right yeah. so it goes back to the man born blind and the disciples ask who sinned this man or his parents who did that and they said no neither neither yeah. but it's that God would be display God's glory would be displayed yeah. today right. yeah. so 40 years after he's born he has suffered for 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 four decades and then all of a sudden God is going to receive glory God planned that for that moment that yeah. affliction for 40 years that he yeah. felt
3: another idea just popped in my, my some, head um what was it so as you go back through the gospels we see jesus cast out demons heal you know restore sight that typically it says out of compassion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yet we see here paul luke says out of his annoyance mm-hmm. which which also communicates another thing that comes up in paul's missionary journeys is paul's not your savior that's right mm-hmm. like he, he's he he's gonna do things and they're not mm-hmm. gonna be out of compassion but Jesus, Jesus does things out of compassion, yeah. out of, out of That's his, right. yeah. out of his sovereignty, out of, out of his love, yeah. like those kinds mm-hmm. of things. That's a good you have thought. a distinction here yeah. which we see that the church mm-hmm. often in that time would elevate Paul and, yeah. and some other of the mm-hmm. preachers mm-hmm. of that day. Oh yeah. And so it's yeah. just another yeah. reminder. That's
2: good. It? Yeah, yeah, I think if you go back and read right before Acts 16, uh, right after the Jerusalem Council, like there's a fight mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, Paul yeah. and, and his crew—they split up and they go yeah. different ways, and mm-hmm. we don't necessarily know what the fight's about, but they got gonna fight. Like they're—they're yeah. they're mm-hmm. feisty, they're yeah. spirited, as it were. <laughs> and so yes. God is still using. That's uh, right.
0: Okay, so uh, slight slight shift, because uh, you you mentioned in in your your discussing of you know kind of how when when they got thrown into prison and what led to it led to the jailer's salvation. Uh, so we see there that you know. In in this passage, again, the jailer comes to salvation mm-hmm. and then his entire family right. to follow. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Lydia. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we know, obviously, that, that our, our families have a, a really tremendous impact on us spiritually. Uh, but, so, I, I think, Preston, this was a question that you brought up. Uh, you know, in what way... Does a family member being saved potentially lead to the salvation of others in that family? Right. Yeah. And Does in it, these these two cases,
4: particularly, because when you read it, it reads almost as though because they came to salvation, the entire family did too. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. a it was a uh, mm-hmm. like why of course right? it did why mm-hmm. wouldn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so obviously we know that if if one person in a family comes to salvation, it can it can lead to salvation in the rest of the family, but it's not like an automatic thing. It's not like if mom gets saved, then the whole family gets saved, or if dad gets saved, the whole family gets saved. So it just, the way that it reads can can come across that way. And I would hate for anyone to think that it is a group thing, that because my mom got saved, I'm automatically in. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Because some other family member got saved, our whole family is now in because the whole of scripture doesn't teach us that. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yet. a good
2: thought, and if you mm-hmm. look at verse thirty-two, right? So uh, Acts sixteen thirty-two says, "And they spoke the word of the Lord to him. Mm-hmm. That would be the jailer, and to all who were in his house." Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there, there was this idea: yes, the jailer comes to faith. Yes, the outcome was his whole family receives mm-hmm. salvation. But it was because Paul and Silas have an opportunity to to speak the gospel. Mm-hmm. to the entire family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, I, I think that is a key verse not to miss. Um, that it, it, To yeah. your point, it's not because the jailer had this this miraculous experience, therefore salvation is extended to mm-hmm. all who were in his house, but it was they all heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. It opened um, the door for them to now, hear what yeah, he had right. heard. More than yeah. likely, mm-hmm. that miraculous experience opened their ears mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. hear, and if you go back to Lydia, there was a reason, and, and again, we didn't go into this on Sunday, but it—, it It speaks to Lydia seems to be the only lady from the women's Bible study who began to follow Christ, at least in that moment, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because God opened her mind to hear Mm -hmm. what the apostle Paul had Mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same for these people. Uh Evidently, God had opened their mind because Mm -hmm. of the miraculous thing. Mm -hmm. And now Paul and Silas have a captive audience to speak truth. Mm -hmm. And they believe that that Jesus was the
0: Christ. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, So, all right. Last question. Well, maybe not the last question, but but it's the last question I have on my list. So, uh, and and this was one Beth that you you had brought up, and it's I the think that's one. good. Best question. Um, oh. But I go, think Beth. it's worthy it's worthy of some discussion, uh, and I think it's 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 great that you're in here to to lead it to to lead the discussion. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it. But, uh But so so we see here obviously that that the the church in Philippi, you know, of of these these early converts, two of two of them were women. Um, you know, so how or what? What does this speak to us today uh, regarding God's plan? For women in all stages and seasons, I think that was your question, Beth. Right?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think it just yesterday, Josh, when you were you were preaching, it just stuck out to me that here this church is starting, and it's two women, and in vastly different seasons of life. Lydia, who had, uh, who was you know able to sell purple cloth and had money, and um, she was a woman of seemingly prestige, and then the slave girl who opposite. She was being used by the world and used mm-hmm. for money, and did not have prestige. And it just spoke to my heart. Like here are two women who couldn't be vastly different in their vastly different in their season of life, but yet God chose both of them and started this church with seemingly mm-hmm. for sure. For Lydia, we know, but we're we're assuming that the slave girl also became a part of this church. Right? Um, the scripture didn't tell us that, but um, as I started this church, and so it just. Um, we always refer back to John 4, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. But I think it was really neat to look at a different scripture and say, um, not only his priority, but but God's beautiful plan and saying all genders are important. And uh, women, whatever season you're in, whatever season of life you find yourself in, uh, run to Jesus.
2: That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And to that point, Beth, I think um, th- there's a beauty of who is the church for and and who needs the church the most and mm-hmm. and i think there's the the beauty uh, regardless of of male female yet although i think there is a reason to your point for mm-hmm. for in philippi uh, out of 3 two are female but the fact that you have a person of extreme means mm-hmm. and then a person of absolutely none yes. and they are equal at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. and they are mm-hmm. equal in the place of the church mm-hmm. uh, absolutely and, and so one is saying come into my house and, and what what is mine is yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, use it however you see fit to Paul, to Silas, to Timothy, seemingly to Luke, who is tagging along, mm-hmm. writing down everything that he is seeing at this moment. And then, then you know, potentially, we, we don't know this, but yeah. the idea if the church is meeting in her house... That slave girl comes, and yeah. the jailer comes, and their whole families come.
1: They really have nothing to bring. Mm.
2: That's exactly financially. Right. Nope. And, and so they, who is the church for? The church is for everybody, and it doesn't which, which matter. Which, if
4: you're an outsider looking in at those two situations, that's huge. Huge. Makes you no see sense. Lydia begin to follow Christ, and you could go, okay, well, if you are wealthy and you have money, you and have the, means. It makes sense. You have an inroad, and so that's for them. And then you see this slave girl potentially, yeah. you know, follow Christ, and She's and it's messing. like, wait, what do I do with that? Yeah. Right. What? So the, she can too.
2: Like, you don't have to be that in yeah. order to to yeah. be. And then you get into the political side of you have a jailer who's working in a Roman colony mm-hmm. for Rome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like in some ways it's a Matthew situation where Matthew is a tax collector for Rome, mm-hmm. and they hated him. Right. And so you, yeah. have, you have the guy who's in the mix, but nobody likes him yeah. because he's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so not only was he the worst, he was the one who was going to put Paul and Silas away, away, mm-hmm. center of the jail, lock them down, let's forget about them. Mm-hmm. That's who the church is for. Absolutely. And that that is should be a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes the, the tension can be, and, and I think this is worth a discussion. The tension can be, like when we read passages like this, like I, I've heard arguments that Lydia is the pastor of the church at Philippi. Now, I don't, I don't I don't think that's true. I don't think she is the pastor. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that's a wrong discussion anyway, because I think what we we are jockeying for in our day and age is prestige and title and power. Mm-hmm. And so everybody wants to be the leader of something or everybody wants to have their name associated with something. That was never the point of the church, right? So if you go back to New Testament church, even the leaders of the church aren't like the leaders of the church today. Uh, I'm thankful for the job that I have. I am mm-hmm. so honored to do it, to stand up and to, to expound on God's word every week. It is a the joy of my life. I absolutely love it. That's not what we see in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It's not a everybody come gather for an hour, come, come watch the guy preach mm-hmm. the Bible, and then, then we'll all part ways. No, everybody came in. Everybody brought gifts and talents. Everybody, and this makes us Baptists nervous, like everybody potentially could say something. Like maybe there was oh, somebody who wanted to give a prophecy, us, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. somebody wanted to open to Mike give Knight. a word. Yeah, well, we <laughs> open mic, and I'm nervous of open mic. But but the idea was never about prestige or who holds the title or who got their doctorate from what seminary. Oh, it was never. we are a broken group of people, all equal at the uh-huh. foot of the cross. So mm-hmm. let's come and enjoy. And, and again, and I think the Baptists may be closest to this. I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, they ate together a whole lot. They <laughs> yeah, did. They did.
1: Acts two forty two says this. I've memorized this verse in. A zillion years ago, the early church, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching mm-hmm. and to fellowship, to the breaking the bread and prayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. And That's it doesn't say they you had this leader who was nope. praying over them. Mm-hmm. You had this leader that was... Saying God's word. It was, everybody was together and shared all things in common, it says.
2: That's exactly right. Wow. Hmm. Wouldn't so, that be great? It would be great. Yeah. There's
1: some things in common I'd like somebody to share with me. Yeah. Yeah. Some okay. cute clothes. Yeah. <laughs> some of all things in common.
2: And someone may want you to sell those cute clothes yeah. so somebody else can do something else. Yeah. So hmm. I, I, I do. I think when we, we get there, I think sometimes in the 21st century, particularly where we live and the current climate we live in, Everybody wants to be the leader. And there oh, seems God. to be an argument over who gets to, to have the title when well, that was never the intent Mm-mm. anyway. Mm. Mm. I think it's good for us to remember.
1: Mm. That. Oh, yeah.
0: So I, I loved the way, uh, Josh, that, that you wrapped, sort of sort of brought everything to a close on Sunday. One of the things that uh, I think was a, was a huge takeaway – is just uh, you know that that we all and you you actually just mentioned it here that that we're all sort of have on level ground at the foot of the cross right and and I think it, that we recognizing that we're all broken uh, and, and at any given time we find ourselves in, in circumstances that are difficult or hard mm-hmm. um, but not allowing uh, that those circumstances or, or obstacles or our brokenness to 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 be seen as uh, as obstacles to experience experience God's glory, um, or even demonstrating God's glory, instead, uh, singing those things, bringing this brokenness to 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 God and to allow Him uh, to use those things for His glory and for the encouragement of others.
2: Mm-hmm. I think there'll be a day, and it's coming. And I think you know this is part of. Uh, the redemption when, when Christ comes, right? So, so I think one day we'll see in, in full, but right now we, we just see through a glass dimly lit, as Apostle Paul says. We still live, to Sean's point, in, in Genesis 3 world. We want to cover our guilt and our shame and our mistakes and our brokenness. Um, and what the gospel says is don't do that. And what the gospel says is you were fully seen and fully loved, for you have surrendered it all to Christ. And, and I think... And in, in our minds, right? So, so there's, there's two worlds that we live in. It shouldn't be. But the two worlds are my relationship with Christ. I'm going to be honest with him in many ways because I know I have to be because he sees me regardless of, of what I want him to see or not. Like, like I believe that he knows me, so I can't really hide from him. So sure, I'll, I'll confess that. But I have friends um, that may not know me completely. And, and they may not know my sin and they may not know the junk in my life. And so there's a part of me that still wants to save face mm-hmm. in front of them. Mm-hmm. And if, if truly I believe that I could be honest with them and show them all that I am, the brokenness that I am, and realize that that's gonna be more of an encouragement that it is going to be a damnable mm. offense, mm. Yes. then that right. is gonna be something that I think is going to bolster the church in the coming mm. generations yep. when when we feel safe enough and we feel bold enough and, and both of those have to play together to look at each other and say, this is who I am. The Apostle right. Paul, um, 2 Corinthians 12 uh, verse nine, right? So I asked God to take away this thorn three times and he didn't. Mm. So Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses mm-hmm. because it displays mm-hmm. the power of God. And I pray for us as a church, mm-hmm. at Broadmoor specifically, that we would continue to do that. And I know in Madison, that's not the thing to do. Everybody's mm-hmm. pretty in Madison. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got nice in Madison. Everybody has has everything buttoned up. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. We are all broken. Mm-hmm. We all have junk. We sure. are are Everything about our life is marred by sin. And if we were honest with one another, we would stop competing with one another and we would encourage one another and come alongside mm-hmm. each
1: other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. That's a good word. It That's
0: is. Word. Wow, there are all sorts of electronic things happening in this room. <laughs>
1: it's great. I love it. I apologize. I my, my phone started reading First John 1. Yeah, I think it was like, it was like your, your phone's sure. holier.
0: Chase, what was yours doing? <laughs> it's like Luke or Paul was like talking over there. Um, so, anyway, hey. Great discussion, and uh, I think it was an excellent start to our Philippians series. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was so wonderfully surprised, Josh, that, y- that you
2: did <laughs> so well with that passage. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> so surprised you weren't trash. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh,
0: no, it's great. Um, I-, I had complete confidence. Yeah, I just didn't see sure. it coming. I didn't know where it was going. Um, anyway, so uh, everybody, thank you for your for your time and your thoughts today. And uh, uh, as we as we sort of wrap up, I just want to remind everyone of a couple of things. One, uh, re- want to remind you of our resource center that is out in the commons on campus. Uh, please go visit that. Uh, we uh, we our next gen team particularly has has taken a lot of time and care to provide some resources out there uh, for families mm-hmm. as we look to f- continue to fulfill the one year goal that we've been talking about. Uh, and, and it's not too late to commit to that if you haven't already. So uh, please do, and please uh, please let us know and fill out one of those little house uh, stickers so we can display it and we can be reminded that we are, uh, we're committing to that. Uh, the other thing is, is coming up a, a week from Sunday, not this Sunday, but a week from Sunday on September 24th, mm-hmm. uh, we are having Community Fest. And if you're unfamiliar with Community Fest, uh this is where we our entire church that day. We will not be meeting on our campus. Mm-hmm. We'll be meeting at Liberty Park in Madison. And oh, uh, our, our church service will take That's place the there. Uh as a church, we're going to have lunch together and then uh we have a festival of sorts that will take place that afternoon and the community, all of this is open to the community. So we would love to have uh the community there with us, which is why we call it Community Fest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so there'll be all sorts of games and, uh, things for families to participate in and, and kids to be a part of and, uh, just lots of fun stuff. So we hope that the weather's going to be great. Like it's it has been be this weekend. We're so, praying for it. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, so, but, but we do want to invite you to join us and bring somebody with you. It's going to be a great day. So anyway, until next week, everybody love doing life with you. Thanks for, yeah. uh, thanks for joining Thank the you discussion today.
3: Thank you love, you love you guys. love you guys.
0: This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at My Broadmoor.